So I'd like to share a higher level deep game lesson with you today on why happiness is a basketball superpower, why it actually dramatically improves your performance. And I'm also gonna share with you um, what I believe is, is sort of the trick or the secret to happiness. And so this can really impact your game and your life. And uh, I, I'm also gonna share something kind of cool with you that's <laughs> over there. Um, but what I wanna do first is, um, is tell you a really quick story about this. So when I was getting recruited, by a, uh, a local college coach. We had a really good relationship and he had been recruiting me since uh, early on in my high school career. Um, <laughs> I was there, I, I think, I guess I was in 10th grade or 11th grade at the time, uh, sophomore, junior year. And I was in his office and we're on this, we're in this recruiting meeting. And at, some, at a certain point, he cracks this joke and I break out into a smile and I'll never forget this. He goes, hey, don't do that. Stop smiling. Don't do that. Don't do that. If you start smiling, other coaches are going to see it and they're going to want them to play for you. And it struck me. I was like, oh, I must not look all that happy all the time when I'm on the basketball court. And not only that, but it, it sort of began the process of my realization that, oh, coaches want to be around happy players. Like they want to be around people that are pleasant to be around. And my like serious demeanor, my grave demeanor of like taking pride in my suffering and my struggle as a basketball player, that wasn't the nicest thing for coaches to always be around. <laughs> and so he kind of pointed this out to me in a, in a funny way, but it, it really struck me and his assistant who actually, um, well, his assistant at the university later became my AAU coach. And he said something to me, I've shared this in the Deep Game Masterclass, so maybe you recognize this, but he said, you play like you have a dark cloud over your head. And I was like, oh man, it's sort of like getting cold water splashed in your face. One of those statements that like just woke me right up. I was like, oh wow, the that grave, serious demeanor isn't doing my game any favors. And it took me a really long time to realize just how much of my mental energy was tied up in not enjoying the process that I was in. Not a, or, or more accurately, I'll say, not allowing myself to enjoy the process that I was in until I achieved the goal I wanted to achieve. I thought that I had to suffer, that I had to be um, like never satisfied, never happy until I reach the goal. Otherwise I wouldn't be motivated enough to actually do what it took to reach the goal. And so I used my suffering, my unhappiness sort of as like a, a tool for motivation to actually like propel myself towards the goal. This was a huge mistake, a huge mistake. Okay. And, uh, what I realized later on, I'll, uh, well, I want to share something with you really quick, but I'll share something else. Um, I'll share something else first. So what I realized later on, and especially as I've worked with players within the deep game program, what I've realized is that um, we see this with guys like Luka Doncic and Steph Curry and late career Kobe Bryant when he was really enjoying the game. And LeBron has kind of always been this way, but it's actually the players who take the most joy in playing who play the best. <laughs> 
It's never the player with the dark cloud over his head that ends up succeeding. And this used to drive me crazy when I was on the team bus after games and maybe we had a loss and I didn't have a good game and the team as a whole didn't play well, but my teammates were like laughing and joking and I'd be at the back of the bus like, why is everybody so happy? How could you possibly feel good after that? And I like projecting and blaming all of my teammates for feeling okay with, with the state of affairs. And it took me forever to realize that I was actually the one who was in the wrong. A far more functional state is happiness and enjoyment. You will literally play better happy than you will play if you are struggling and suffering. The reason for that is struggle and suffering ties up mental psychological energy. It literally contracts your body and your body functionally will be um, less fluid and less athletic because of that contraction. Your mind will be less available to see what's going on on the basketball court. A state of happiness and openness and joy in, in the game of basketball, taking enjoyment in the game, will actually open up mental space for you to play the game better. And I will put this really simply, like I will ask you, your best games you've ever played, whether that's, it could be even a pickup game, right? Whenever you can recall playing at your best, were you enjoying that state? Of course. <laughs> the games when you were at your worst, were you uh, enjoying that state? Probably not, right? Was it a result of uh, you not playing well that you were unhappy? Or was the unhappiness and the struggle causing you not to play well? Well, it's both. And the state of happiness and joy and openness that you were in when you were playing at your best, it, was that a result of playing at your best? Or, was the, um, or were you playing at your best because you were in that more open and happy state? Well, again, it's both the cycle perpetuates itself. So the more happy you are on the basketball court, the better you will play. And the better you play, the more happy you will become. <laughs> and the reverse is also true. So I wanna get into, um, I wanna share something with you that I haven't showed in the past, but uh, I'll take you over here. I have this wall of um, traveling photos from over the years. And I wanna share this one with you. Hopefully you can see that, okay? I am sitting on the side of a boat in Bali. And uh, I'm on this little island in Bali. And this is one of the first trips I ever went on myself. And before I went on this trip, I, I, I was like 23 or something like that at the time. And so I hadn't done a lot of traveling, didn't really know what the world was all about and hadn't experienced different cultures. But I, um, before I went to Bali, I heard all of these different things from people saying like, well, Bali's a third world country. The people there might not be so nice. It might be a little bit dangerous in spots. You gotta watch out for yourself. And uh, you know, I heard the whole narrative. Um, <laughs> this turned out to be like so far from the truth. It changed my view of reality fundamentally. When I got to Bali and especially on this island, it's called Gili T, Gili Trawangan. 
when I got to that island, what I saw were, yes, people who were not as uh, affluent and not as financially well off as the people in the Western world where I grew up. There were often um, entire, like multiple generations of families in these huts with no floors, just like earth actually on the floor. No doors, no windows. They had like um, thatched roofs out of bamboo leaves. And, um, you know, they're like living in the jungle and fishing for their food. And I, they probably were making like a dollar a day between all of them. These were some of the happiest, kindest people in the world that I've ever met <laughs> to this day. And I, I still remember there was like this on that island over there. There was this group of guys who were around my age, maybe early mid twenties. And uh, they just hung out on the beach all day long. They kind of ran this little beach bar and we'd go up and talk to them. And they rented out like snorkeling gear to tourists like me. And uh, they had almost nothing. And yet they always had the biggest smile on their faces. And they were so welcoming and so kind. And one, uh, one really startling thing happened actually that I'll share with you. I'm just remembering it now. But I was snorkeling one day. And I ended up, I, I didn't realize at the time, but I ended up leaving uh, this wad of cash and something else, I, maybe a, a camera or something like that. I ended up leaving it at that beach bar and along with my, um, what do you call those? The like flippers. <laughs> so I, I ended up leaving my stuff anyhow at this beach bar, going back to my Airbnb that I'd rented out. And the next day I'm walking down the path and this is an island where there's no cars and there's no paved roads or anything like that. It's all dirt roads and, and jungle and, um, you know, surrounded by ocean on all sides. This guy from the beach bar comes running up to me with that wad of cash in his hand and my camera. And he comes running up to me. He's like, hey, 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 you, you forgot this yesterday. Not a single dollar was missing from that wad of cash. And Again, this is somebody that I was told, <laughs> you know, by uh, family and friends and, oh, you got to watch out for these people They're uh, They don't have money, so they might be like out to steal from you and nothing could have been further from the truth. They were so kind and so happy, like visibly happy that it blew my mind. And what I came to realize, it was this perfect example. We'll go back over here. It was this perfect example of what I've now come to call unconditional happiness. And this is where we get kind of deeper into the lesson here. Unconditional happiness is happiness independent of conditions. They had none of the things that most of us rely upon for happiness, like money and status and success and the achievement of our goals and, um, you know, a floor underneath us and windows in our house, literally, like their shelter even and their food, basic survival necessities weren't always met. And yet they were the happiest people I have ever been around. And like not faking an ounce of that happiness, it was so plain, clear as day to, to see um, just how happy they were. So these people essentially chose to be happy independent of external circumstance. And because of that, I would venture to say, I would, I would venture to say that their quality of life on average is actually all things included like psychological, mental, emotional quality of life is better than the average North American person that I grew up around. 
that's pretty stunning because they had almost nothing financially and like materially. And uh, I, I'm kind of reminded right now of this quote from Dave Chappelle, who uh, shared this on, I, I believe, the Joe Rogan podcast recently. And he said something to the along the lines of he knows. Uh, no, he, he put it this way. He said, half of the world lives on less than a dollar a day and half of them are happy. He said, I know 20 billionaires and every single one of them is miserable. <laughs> this is Dave Chappelle. I don't know if those statistics are factually correct, but you get the point that he's making, right? The most success, the most financially successful people that he knows are the most miserable. And so happiness is not dependent on external circumstances. And if you are waiting to allow yourself to be happy, when you someday achieve the goal that you're setting out to achieve, whether that's to play professional or college basketball or whatever the case may be, if you're like, I'm not gonna let myself be happy until I am that player, then when you finally are that player, if it ever happens, because again, that happiness will make you a better player in the short term. You will enjoy the process more. You'll like being in the gym more. So uh, again, <laughs> it's not functional to make yourself suffer in the process. But if you were to wait to allow yourself to be happy until the end, when you get there, how happy can you expect to be? We've never learned how to be happy in the first place. And the I'll wrap this up with um, one of, to this day, I consider this actually one of the most powerful deep game stories we have. It's a, a very close friend of mine, he was a professional basketball player. And throughout his early life in basketball, he had driven himself so hard with this singular goal of playing pro basketball. And he became a really good player. He was division one, um, you know, it was like all conference at one point, division one, played in the Czech Republic and was very, very successful. He said to me that by the time he made it overseas to Europe and was playing uh, at the highest level that he ever played at, he was praying to tear his ACL so that he could quit. That is heartbreaking because he worked his whole life to make it there. And by the time he got there, he was miserable. So <laughs> the achievement of the goal is not what will ultimately make you happy. And if you're using unhappiness and lack of satisfaction to somehow propel you to the goal that you want to achieve, number one, it's not going to get you to that goal any any more easily. Like this, this friend of mine made it very clear. He's like, that didn't make me a better player. I would have been so much better off, better teammate, better friend. I would have enjoyed being in the gym more. So my training would have been more effective and more consistent. I would have been a better leader on my team if I'd allowed myself to be happy. And we see the best leaders Luca, Steph, LeBron, they love the game. They love the game, all right? So allow yourself to be happy now and it will make you a better player, I promise you, okay? We really romanticize players like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and this is where uh, a trap that players can get caught up in and I certainly did. We romanticize guys like MJ and Kobe because they have this fierce look on their face when they're playing and they, they don't seem to be like happy per se. And yet all they talk about is their love for the game of basketball. And Kobe would say, I, I didn't want to be anywhere else but on the basketball court. He was 
his absolute happiest on the basketball court. You can be sure he was happy when he was playing. And that happiness doesn't have to be like dancing around and smiling. It can be this deep enjoyment with that like scowl on your face of being absorbed in the game that you love to play. It can take whatever form it wants, but allow it to happen now and it will make you a better player. It is a basketball superpower if you can cultivate this in yourself. Allow yourself to deeply enjoy this process. And that is essentially why we play in the first place, right? So the, the take-home point, I know we spoke about a, a lot here, but the take-home point in this, uh, in this episode is just to let yourself be happy now. Enjoy the process now. It will make you a better player and the suffering and the struggling and like motivating yourself through a lack of satisfaction or whatever the case may be, none of that is helping your game. And happiness, ultimately true happiness, is independent of external circumstance. So any amount of success or achievement of any goal, like we saw with the, the folks in Bali, none of that ultimately creates happiness. Happiness is an in-the-moment feeling. Like it's only available right now, not in the future, not in the past. It's a feeling that you have right now by doing what you love to do in the way that you love to do it and allowing yourself to deeply enjoy that process, okay? So this is um, one of my deepest wishes and one of the uh, reasons actually that I do this work in the first place is to give players like you um, and, you know, younger version of me, if, if he could see this, I, I'm sure it would have changed his life, to give players like us permission to finally just be happy on the basketball court. And it will make you a better player. It will make you a better leader. It will make you a better friend, human being, brother, sister, teammate, um, member of your community. It will make your life better. All right. So I hope this helped you out and I'll see you in the next one. Hey, it's Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is to head over to deepgame.com and join us in our free masterclass. Now, this is where you'll learn all eight laws of the deep game and all of the fundamentals that you need to know about the part of basketball that's played with the mind. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives, and it's completely free right now. So head over to deepgame.com to join us, and I will see you there.